thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. I'm going to give you the title of the message. We're going to pray. We're going to greet. And then we're going to dive right in to what God has for you. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 through 2. Benjamin, you sound like, I don't know what happened to you. I, it's like you had a revival or something. Man, I mean, appreciate Brother Benjamin Tyke. He's been up here practicing all days on Thursdays. And I asked him the other day at 4.30, I said, how's your arms feel? He said, they hurt. <laughs> I said, that's good. No pain, no gain. I could tell. Can y'all tell? Man, goodness gracious. If that piano wasn't so expensive, I'd throw this water on you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, other right now we don't realize it, but all the saints who have gone on to be with Jesus that were close to us, they're, they're surrounding us. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Can we say these next three words together? Let's go. One, two, three. Say them out loud. Boy, that was pretty good for the Baptists. Let's say it a little bit louder for us holy rollers. You ready? One, two, three, go. Hey, there you go. That means that Jesus had so much joy to get up on the cross to punch shame in its face and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to preach to you a message this morning entitled, Shame is Not My Name. <laughs> shame is not my name. Can we all say that together? Come on. Shame is not my name. Brother Bird, say it with me. Come on. Shame is not my name. Gregory, say it with me, everybody. Come on. Shame, not my name. All the way back to, to Brother Elder back there. Let's all say it together. Come on. Shame is not my name. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. I pray today you would elevate somebody and you would set them free. Set them free from addiction, not just pornography, but alcoholism, cussing, lying, doubting. God, set them free from all addiction today that they can walk in union with the precious Holy Spirit who's in this room with us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the people said, amen. Before you're seated, can you find two people and love on them and tell them how glad you are to see them? If it's a returning guest, love on them a little extra. If it's a first-time guest, love, love, love on them a little even more extra. Online campus, I greet you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So thankful that you tuned in today. If you could do me a gigantic favor, hit that share button. Let's generate some feed online and bring some people in to our living room. And let's bless the Lord today and believe God for their freedom as we're believing God for your freedom. Come on and give the Lord a big round of applause before you're seated today. It's my brother. Everybody say hello, Duran. He's my brother. We look just alike. I'm so thankful for him. Amen. So thankful for him. Um, this is part two of uh, Porn in My Pocket, a series that I started here at LifeGate Church. Uh, Brother Ben, actually, I know my wife told you something. You can go ahead and, you can go ahead and just fade out there a little bit. Um, it's all trying to, you know, fill, that, fill the room, and, and I appreciate you so much. Uh, week one, I started with this, uh, the title entitled, I Am Done With Me, talking about laying down our pride. If you want to be free from pornography, the first thing you got to do is humble yourself, and you have to admit that you got a problem. The problem is called sin. The second thing that we're going to talk about today is the overwhelming amount of shame that pornography brings. And then the third week, not this coming week, because my precious wife is going to preach next Sunday. And then the following week, I'll be preaching a series on your porn battle plan, how to live in victory as a believer in Christ Jesus. You say, well, pastor, this don't have anything with, to do with me. Well, we talked about that last Sunday. And make sure you listen to that message because the principles that we're going to give you today apply to anything. So don't check out on me and write your laundry list and the food list you got to get before the game tonight. Let's see. It is right now. Uh, it is a quarter to 12. So I've got six and a half hours before I have to be done today. And, uh, 
Oh, it starts at 5.30? Well, I better hurry then. I only got five and a half hours. Praise the Lord. Um, But today we want to deal with the title of Shame Is Not My Name. And the frustrating thing that most of you know today is the struggle with pornography is the access, the ease to the access that people have to it. You don't have to be all secretive and order it in the mail anymore. You don't have to go across town and steal the magazines out the gas station. You don't have to borrow them from your neighbor or creep into your neighbor's house and steal it from his dad. All you have to do is reach into your back pocket and pull out your phone and boom, you have instant access. Now, all addiction really works in a cycle. If you study uh, the life and the cycle of addiction, it works this way. First off, pride comes in your heart, and you think you're strong enough to handle it. I would like you to know today that you are not strong enough to handle anything. I don't care if it's cussing, lying, smoking, drinking, doping, snorting, shooting, sleeping, whatever it is. You are not strong enough on your own. It takes the grace of God. So before you ever get free, you have to lay down your pride and realize humbly that you desperately need the grace of God to help you to be free. And the church said, amen. (laughs) Secondly, our pride leads us to sin. Then after we sin, shame comes in. And then we try to do what Adam and Eve did, our great, great grandparents. And through pride, we try to cover it up, sweep it under the rug and act like the preacher is not talking to me this morning. You see, porn always promises you a great show, but always leaves you with great shame. It's exhilarating in the moment, but then it shatters your entire season. I know you said, Pastor, how do you know all these things? Well, I'm going to tell you my story in a couple weeks, and it's going to bring hope and healing to you because I ain't perfect like the guy sitting next to you. I've had mess in my life, but I'm thankful today God didn't let me stay messy. He cleaned me up to be a testimony to you that you don't have to stay in bondage anymore. Look at your neighbor and say, shame is not your name. Now, many of you here today, you are in a cycle. You're a bondage. You keep on doing it. And you could honestly agree with me. And you would say, Pastor, here's a fact and a statement that I want to know uh, today. Because many of you hate the fact that you love it. Ooh. You say, Pastor, I want to stop doing it, but I love it too much. Why don't you just get honest and admit that? You hate the fact that you love it. Come on, somebody. That's all sin. They got really quiet on me because I'm talking to their neighbor, Duran, not them. Uh, but you, you get to that point where you hate that you love it. But what you really need is deliverance and repentance. If you would surrender your heart and life to the Lordship, to the Master, Jesus Christ, and walk away from your identities, your way of doing things, pick up the cross and die to you and let Jesus live in you, you could be free. And I want you to get free today. Look at your neighbor and say, shame is not your name. You see, here's the problem. The major problem with pornography, we know if you do all the statistical research, is a lot of them women are forced to do those things. It's not what sex really looks like. Sex is great. God gave it to us. In the confines of marriage, it's completely healthy in the church. Amen. And so, so I used to pray as a young man, God, please don't let the rapture come before I get married because I want to have sex. Jesus, please, please, please. Why y'all looking at me funny? That's how I grew up in church thinking that way. But pornography, it destroys your relationship with God. Pornography makes the presence of the Holy Ghost depart from you. Pornography, according to Ephesians, grieves the Holy Spirit and makes him sorrowful that he came around you. Pornography quenches, it puts out the fire of the Holy Ghost. And many of you here today, you want to be on fire for God, but you got this thing over here. You want to be totally surrendered, but you got this thing over here. I encourage you today, you can walk out of this room in total freedom, total deliverance, and filled with the Holy Ghost today because everything changes today. Today is your changing day. You're coming out of the grave. Come on. I don't care if it's weed. I don't care if it's if it's uh, 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 vodka. I don't care if it's Brother Budweiser. I don't care if you're going too far with your girlfriend. I don't care if it's pornography. Today, you can be cleansed. Today, you can be free. Today, you don't have to carry shame out that door. You can walk in liberty as a person. Somebody say shame is not my name. Now, the shame attached to pornography and my experience as a believer and a pastor who has counseled so many young men and young women who battle with pornography, the shame is overwhelming. It's it's an inward place of lonely darkness, hopelessness, deep depression. Now, you don't have to say amen because we don't want people thinking that, you know, we just, you just inwardly say, yeah, I hear you, pastor. The shame attached to it is inward embarrassment. It's powerful, shame is. You know, shame will drive you to do things you would never do before. 
before. Shame would cause a young person to self-mutilate. Shame would cause somebody to stick a 357 revolver in their mouth and pull the trigger. Shame will cause you to the drinking counter. Shame will cause you, dads, to run away from your family. Shame will ultimately cause you to run away from the one who can help you, and his name is Jesus. But today I came on an assignment to tell you shame is not your name. Many of you here today, you come and you want to be free. You desire to be free. You're desperately wanting to be free, but once you leave church and you get home and you get in that bed at night and you start scrolling on your phone, pornography jumps off the page. And you're thinking you're the only one in this room. You're the only one in this church that's fighting it. But I came to tell you you're li- that that's a lie. You're not the only one that's fighting. As a matter of fact, 70% of evangelicals who go to church in America are struggling with internet pornography. Did you hear what I said? That means 70 out of 100 people who go to church every Sunday morning have to continually discipline themselves to say no to pornography. And I don't know about you, but I am done with pornography vexing God's people. I am fed up with pornography binding God's people. I am angry at the devil for causing you to fall into the pit of sin and addiction. And shame, honey, I come to tell you, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but shame is not your name. Come on and give the Lord praise for just a moment. So today, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I came to talk to that isolation in you. I came to speak to that spirit of condemnation that keeps vexing you because of that shame and offer you hope, freedom, and deliverance. You know, Brother Duran, you're, you're up here this morning and you have all these labels put on you of shame because of what you did. They caught you on the internet riding dirty. Brother Bird saw you smoking that Marlboro before you came into church. Brother Carr, he gave you a spanking because you weren't very kind to your wife. And so shame came and put a label on you. And so you walk into church and you feel worthless. You put a smile on and you tell people, God bless you, but you don't mean it. You don't believe it. You're just here to appease your religious conscience that you did something good. You came to church out of works-based Christianity because you want to be the superstar Christian to make other people think you're powerful. Because after all, nobody's going to understand my battle. Nobody's going to know what I'm going through. They're going to laugh at me and mock me and think differently. As a matter of fact, Pastor, nobody has ever been in this place that I'm in right now. Shame. In the gospel of John, the 19th chapter, they took the body of Jesus off the cross and they put him in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And I love what the scripture says in the latter part of verse 41 in chapter 19 because they said that the tomb was a place that no one had ever been before. And that's what shame does to us, I believe. I believe shame comes with all hordes of hell to manipulate our mind to think nobody understands where I am. The Bible said Jesus was tempted in every single way, but he did not sin. Why was Jesus tempted in every single way, but did not sin? Because he had to taste what it felt like to go through what you go through. Jesus, our master, never sinned. But he defeated the power of lust so lust don't have to defeat you. Pastor, he never had to defeat lust. Oh, yes, he did. If doctrine is right, if the doctrine, the deity of Christ is right, that he was fully God and fully man, he at one point was tempted with some young, hot-looking floozy. Some beautiful Brazilian tan-looking Egyptian woman with dark skin and green eyes slithered her way in the tent in the middle of the night. Said, hey, baby. My name is Walika. Because I'm God's will, Ika. I was preaching in Atlanta, Georgia. My wife said she'll cut her. She already knows the story. And this beautiful young lady came up to me. 
And she said at the altar, where are you staying at tonight? Me being a little slow. I said, I, I don't know. They got me at some hotel around here. And then it dawned on me what she was doing. I said, oh, wait, oh, hold up. My wife will stab you in the jugular. That's what I told her, Nick. I told her those exact words. And I said, then she'll stab me in the jugular. Resurrect me and stab me again. Woo-woo. That's not in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. That's exactly what I told her. You think I'm going to flirt with that? Oh, honey, you know, praise the Lord. I'll be praying for you. Would you like to touch and agree? Kiss and tongues are praying them. I wasn't playing with that mess. I ain't strong enough. Remember where sin starts? You, get all, you think you can handle a little pride. The next thing you know, you got a baby in the baby carriage. Jesus, I believe he was tempted with sexual lust. I believe that. You can, listen, you can argue, oh, no. He was fully God, but he was fully man. And so the enemy likes to isolate us to think we're the only ones. Because pornography and sexual sin is a private battle. Come on, we don't get up every Sunday, but I want to tell my testimony. Praise God, I was with seven people from my swipe left to swipe right on dinner, praise God, this week. But the Lord brought me out. We, we don't tell those stories. We live on the inside hating ourselves for those stories. Adam and Eve were powerful people in the kingdom. And they were both completely naked because they didn't even know what shame was. Sin enters the garden and took their vulnerability away. And changed their identity from shameless to shameful. See, shame is always present when holiness is always absent. Mm -hmm. Shame will be present in your life when you turn from God's way and you turn from his holiness. You know, it's a dangerous place to be. When you no longer feel guilty or shameful or remorseful for your sin. It's a dangerous place to be when you can just do it, smoke it, drink it, tap it, and you never feel any way about it. That's a dangerous place to be. I would like to lay before you today to tell you if you never feel any real conviction, my question to you is are you really fully, truly following Jesus? Hmm. How do we know, Pastor? Well, if you can listen to Beyonce, who talks about using a Bible page for a tampon and not fill away, you need to repent. If you can watch the Grammys as they literally perform devil worship on a global stage and not feel weird about that, if you feel no godly remorse, if you feel no godly sorrow to put your lips on people in the church, to talk about people who may not be in our midst anymore, to talk about people who left seven years ago, if you can put your lips on somebody and not feel any conviction or godly sorrow, I wonder who you really follow. Because before we can deal with the shame, we got to deal with repentance. Could it be the American church is simply the false church parading itself as the church when really we're a social club of entertainment? Oh, wait. Roman, Revelation calls that the whore of Babylon. Are we the bride? I'm talking Bible now. Are we the whore? Are we selling out to the world? Are we surrendering to the master? Boy, we're all so guilty. <laughs> Pastor, that was hard to hear. Well, I preached the best out of the Bible. Aren't we all guilty? Come on, talk to me in here. We're so guilty of making sex our way. Like God's burger came. 
I'm going to do it the way the culture does it because that feels right to me. Well, that's not the Bible. But thank God for Romans 3.23 that says all of us have sinned. That's that. Thank God for that scripture right here. My God, you ought to shout right here. All of us have sinned. Everybody in this room. Think of the most holy person. He's sinned. He's fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room. Many of you today do what Adam and Eve did and you cover your sin with fig leaves of religion. You, you try to do it. Boy, I sure shouted good today. I feel better about my sin. I came to church. I ain't missed a Sunday in five years. I feel better about my condition. We call it a condition. God calls it sin. I serve every time the door's open. Boy, I feel good about myself. Well, the Bible said you should die to yourself. Could it be we're covering the areas that God wants to convict? There's only one way to be free. We're not saved. The phone is ringing. Jesus might be calling. You better answer it. There's only one way to be clean. I want to give you a little formula that I hope will help you. Number one, we must do it. What must we, what must we do? You see, coming to Christ is not repeating a word. Now, now, we do the sinner's prayer here, but that's not really found in the book of Acts. To follow Jesus means you have to turn away. Repent. Turn away from what you call fun, sin. Huh? They used to always say, Brother Biggs, when I was growing up, I can remember, if it makes you sin, if it makes you grin, it's a sin. Everything was a sin. If it was fun, you couldn't do it because it was sin. That's not what I'm talking about today. But you can't sit up in this church and lie to me and tell me that smoking weed ain't fun. Why do you think people do it? Y'all, y'all, y'all appear dignified with your, your, your suits on. What did the pastor just say? It's fun. Well, praise God. I didn't say it was right. Perverted sex to you might be fun. But that don't make it right. It's a struggle, isn't it? Because you want to do what you shouldn't. And you don't do, want to do what you should. Come on, it's a struggle. There's this inward conundrum in all of us. That's why we have to lay before the Lord in humility. What do we do to be free and cleansed? You have to repent. You have to do that. You have to change your mind. Matthew chapter 4, 17 said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Then what do we have to do? Then we have to say it. Now, this is a problem that a lot of American Christians will not do. You want to repeat the prayer after the preacher, but you don't want to confess what you have done personally to the Lord. If you don't get real with you and confess your personal sin to the Lord, you will not be forgiven. If contingent upon, we confess our sins, Jesus is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from what? The filth. It's quiet in here today. Trying to help them get free of shame, Brother Durant. So we have to, we have to first do it. Then we have to secondly say it. And then we, you know we got we gotta believe it. Because here's where it breaks down in our heart. We don't believe we're forgiven. Let me just come down here. We don't believe we're forgiven. That's why the enemy beats you up with shame every single second of the day. You live on what you used to be and used to do. But God came to give you something new to be, new to do. Psalm 103 is one of my favorite scriptures. He throws our sin as far as the east. You know why he didn't say north to south? Because north to south has an ending. There's a north pole. In the north, you can't go any more further north. You go to the south, you can't go no more further south. But if you go west, you'll never stop going west. If you go east, you never stop going east. It's cyclical. It never stops. When you confess it to God, he never stops forgiving you. Boy, what a savior. I 
Isaiah 1.18 says, come now, let us settle this matter. I've come to encourage somebody today who's living in shame. Let us settle this for once and all. Come on, somebody. Let's settle this matter, says the Lord. Though your sin are bright and everybody sees it like a neon sign. That's what that means. When you ask God to forgive you, he wipes it away. As white as snow. You have to believe that God forgives you. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you get free of shame. And then secondly, what you have to do is you got to believe that you're a child of God. Come on. We're not sinners saved by grace. We were saved by grace, and now we're his children. I'm going to go back here to the back and talk to these Baptist folk. I was a sinner. But my name changed when I got saved. Now I was, but now I am. John 1, 12, yet to all who did receive it and those who believed, believe, 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 believed. He gave the right to become children of God. Well, pastor, what do we do after we believe it? Well, now you got to live it. Here's where the heart is. Boy, help me, Jesus. You got to live it. That sounds really fun. No, it's you got to live it. It takes discipline. Disciple, a disciple of Jesus is a disciplined one. All right, let's see what the Bible has to say. Ephesians 5, 4. Now that you are God's children, go back, <laughs> Ephesians 5, 1, there you go. Now that you are God's children, you must live like him. Well, I'm not Jesus. Yeah, but you should live like him. You see these young people, they, they love these basketball stars. They want to start dressing like them, acting like them, talking like them, thinking they can play like them, but they can't. And so, so they start living like them. Their standard becomes their standard. What they post on Twitter is what they start living. They indoctrinate themselves with who they're looking up to. Well, now that you're God's children, you're called to live like him. I'm, try, I'm trying to help you today. Get free of shame. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Y'all see that? That means if he ain't put a ring on it and you ain't said I do before God and his people, he shouldn't be touching it. And sexual immorality is anything outside the confines of a marriage between a man and a woman only. That's God's standard. Same-sex marriage is not biblical. Come on, somebody. Changing your gender is not biblical. If you was born with certain parts, that's what you was born with. That's what God gave you. And you need to be free from thinking anything else. You ain't going to come up in here and confuse our babies. Come on, somebody. We believe if God made you a man, you a man. If God made you a woman, you a woman. Anything else is sexually immorality. See, culture is trying to give you, church, the standard. We got to stop being infiltrated by the culture and stand up and say what the Bible says. You know it's tight, but it's right. No sexual immorality. That means what you watch on Netflix. Is it immoral? If so, why are you flirting with it? You got to go back to pride. That's why you're bound with pornography. You're flirting with a little bit on YouTube. Now you just fall on Pornhub. Or even any kind of impurity or of greed. Because those are improper. Those things are improper for God's separated people. Nor is it fitting, Brother Durant, for you to use language which is obscene, profane, or vulgar, which means sexual innuendos. Huh? Or profane cuss words. Well, our cuss words today aren't the same words they used then, so I can use them today. I had somebody tell me that. I said, you done bumped your head. You just done justified your sin, you prideful person. That's pride. You can't rewrite the Bible to fit you because you live in 2023 and it's a year for me. For of this, you can be sure. You got you to believe the Bible says. No immoral, impure, or greedy person such as a person is an idolater. Idolatry is when you say your way is right, but God's way says differently will have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. 
Verse 7 and 8 is even tighter. It says, have nothing to do with people who say they follow Jesus and live this way. Are you judging me? The Bible's judging you. For you were once in darkness, but you are now in the light in the Lord. So live as it. Pastor, what do we do when we've confessed it, we've done it, when, when, when we are called to live it, when we've said it, and we mess up again? Here's the last little part. You got to repeat it. And then repeat it. And then repeat it. You're like, brother, brother, yay, yay, brother, repeating Sandlot. Yeah, yeah, you just got to keep repeating it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the enemy wants you to stay in bondage. But I came with the message of hope today to tell you, you don't have to stay. You do not have to make excuses anymore to stay there. Come on, somebody. Here's the crazy thing, the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is action-based. Shame is identity-based. Right? So everybody in the room has been guilty of sin. We've all been guilty of having, well, some of us haven't, but the majority of us have, have been guilty of having sex partners before we got married. Some of you had some this week. And so because we're guilty of our sin, you say, that's gross, you shouldn't say that. Come on, guys. Let's not act like sin don't exist in our midst. Let's act like we should allow for freedom to exist in our midst. For those, How are you going to get free if you don't talk about it? I know some of y'all clicked on pornography this week. Don't nut your neighbor and say anything, but I'm just telling you, I know, I know, I know some of y'all did because it's a real, it's a real vexing, a real hard thing to overcome. Guilt is action-based. I feel guilty for what I did. But shame is identity-based. See, once you get guilty of it, the enemy uses shame to come and change your identity. So we are guilty. We go through those processes of confessing it, doing it, repenting, asking God to cleanse us, and, and, and living it, and then we mess up. So we mess up. That's the guilt comes in. But then the shame comes in and says, you are that. You're guilty of looking at pornography, so now your shame says you're filthy. Well, not if I've confessed it and I've ran to Jesus with it and I'm living it, and I'm getting in the word, and I'm pursuing Christ, after I messed up, I'm clean by the blood of Jesus. He throws it as far as the east is from the west. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. But the enemy wants us to live in a shame-based identity. Here's why. Shame-based identity, produce, shame-based thinking produces shame-based living. Shame-based thinking produces shame Based living. Here's what shame does. I'm gonna give you three things really quickly. I got like 29 hours still. Shame-based thinking makes you vulnerable to perfectionism. Duran, I think you're an amazing young man. We know Pastor Janae. I mean, look at your shoes, bro. Let me see them socks. What? Them are Nike socks, aren't they? See, I know how he rolls. I mean, look at that watch. My God, somebody loves you. Let me see that watch. Dear Lord, you diamond sparkly and everything. I wish I had me a diamond watch. Be nice, my God. He got that nice bearded, that trimmed beard and everything. I know who did that. You got a good barber. A nice little. I'm jealous of your hair, man. He's put together. Good job, Sister Carr. <laughs> ah! I'm going to pull my notes down here real quick. Because there's some good things here I got to tell you. So, we silence our shame with our action. And if we're not careful, we can be professional Christians whose heart's not really with God, but we're trying to relieve our conscience that we're okay, so we put on a pretty good act because of the shame that we're under. Oh, I can sing it. I can dance it. I can, oh, yeah, yeah, I can shout it. I can speak in them tongues. I can, oh, I can vibrate. I can do all of it. But yet our heart is far from him, but we're performing to look perfect 
Because on the inside, we hate ourselves. So we can't admit we're wrong because that would damage our great Instagram-worthy photo opportunity. Number two, shame-based thinking makes us critical of ourselves, which drives us to being critical of others. Could it be what you're super hypercritical of your neighbor about, you're super hypercritical of yourself about? I'm just going to ask. I mean, could it be what you're judging others about is what you should be judging yourself about because those who are the most critical of others are generally the most self-critical of self. We're good at shaming people, but could it be we're really shaming ourselves? Because shame people shame others. Those who live under shame always got something to say to somebody else. Because we hate what we see in them because it's the same thing that we hate that we see in us. I'm trying to help somebody today. So we never feel good enough. And it's this battle, which leads me to point number three. Shame-based thinking is full of defeated thoughts to shield ourselves from disappointment. So we never put ourselves out there. We act so holy and introverted, but on the inside we're screaming and craving just to be loved and just to be seen. But we feel so filthy. We feel so dirty. We feel so unclean. We've given ourselves away sexually, and we don't want anybody to know our story because if they knew our story, we would look as a defeated person. But I came to tell you the contrary, sir. I came to tell you the contrary, ma'am. There are people who need to hear your story. There are people that need to hear, hey, I was once a mess, but Jesus turned me into a miracle. People need your to you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Somebody on your row needs to know you are bound to perversion. You are bound to pornography, but God stood up on the inside of you and cleansed you of it all. Come on, say shame is not my name. Look at two people and tell them shame is not your name. 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 Here's the problem with shame. As long as I focus on me, self, I will always be vulnerable to shame. If I focus on self all the time, guess who is God? Self. How can you set self free with self? You're so full of self that God can't come and fill you because there's no room for him because you're full of self. You're your own deliverer. You're your own counselor. You're your own guider. As long as I focus on self, I will always be vulnerable to shame. Ask the children of Israel. They go into bondage. 430 years go by, Duran, and a guy by the name of Moses comes on the scene he walks before Pharaoh and he points his finger under the nose of that long nosed nasty king which is a representation of, of the devil himself Moses the representation of Christ points his finger under the nose of the enemy and says let my people go hmm. he brings the children of Israel out of bondage and they go to wonder, and in the wilderness, Pastor, why did they wander in the wilderness? Because they were out of slavery, but slavery was not out of them. And so they doubted God because they doubted themselves. How could a loving God love me? I act like Egypt. I look like Egypt. I sound like Egypt. I have the filth of bondage. I have the filth of how can I? And I'm not even in bondage, yet I'm still acting like one who's bound. How do we get free, Pastor, from this mentality? The only way for you to heal this morning from shame is to move the focus from what I am not 
to who Christ is. I want to encourage many of you today, stop believing that you're something God says that you're not. God don't call you shame. Because it was for the joy set before him. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 2. It was the joy set before him, Jesus. He endured the cross and he hated its shame. What are you talking about, pastor? Jesus walked 2,000 years ago on this people planet and he saw you in 2023. And he hung up on the cross and he looked shame in the face. And he said, you're not going to label my people shame anymore. Hello, my name is shame. Not today, devil. Someone say shame is not my name. He hated it. I thought he hated the sin. He hates that too. But he hates the shame of it. And so Jesus came. He hung up on a cross and endured it because he wanted to scorn its He hated it. As he hung up on that cross, here's what I see. I see him looking to 2023 at his son named Brian. Come on, somebody. And he said, I see you, son, in 2023. So Satan, hear me now. This cross is to destroy his sin and to let you know I hate the shame that if God hates the shame put on you, why are you marrying it? Jesus comes in and he said, not today. Your name is now Demon Slayer. Not today. I wish I could get some help. Your name today now is Son. Come on, somebody. Stand up, Duran. I'm going to even cover those places you refuse to take off yourself to tell you you are now conqueror. Oh, you ain't ready for this one. He comes in to say, son, daughter of mine, you are now barrier breaker. Atmosphere shifter. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you so hard, Durant. Don't, don't pay me back. You are now victor. Shame isn't your name. Listen, I have you hardly go. Shame is not your name. I'm not stop saying I'm not good enough. Whom the son makes good is good. You're not good in your own, you're good in his. Come on, somebody. You're not victorious because you're so hyper-spiritual and strong. No, you're victorious because God let you be victorious. Come on. And we're in Jesus. Every head bowed for just a minute, every eye closed. Because this ain't going to be something to bust you out and make you feel away. That's silly. Everyone stand to your feet with me. Come on. Matthew, can you grab that iPad so I'll step on it? Every, every head bowed for just a minute. Every head bow, please, please honor, honor the room, guys, just for a moment. If you're in this room, I don't care what has caused you shame. It may not be pornography. It may be you can't you go you run to the closet and you you drink every every Monday or you you're hypercritical of your children because their parenting skills are better than yours and you're full of shame and that's how you process that shame. It might be because you you uh, you smoke weed on, on occasion because you are struggling with that, but you hate it and you want to be free. You hate that you love it. I want you to know today you're in a safe place, guys, to be free of any addiction or vice that is holding you down. If you are here today, every please, no one looking around. Let's honor the room. We want we want to produce a safe environment because we want people to feel like the Holy Spirit served them well today. If you're in this room and you say, Pastor Brian, I struggle with shame. I feel like it's my name every time I wake up in the morning. I want you to put your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. Okay, it's all right. We see you all over the room. It, as a matter of fact, it was the majority of this room. So here's what I want to do. I want, I want to do this a little different because I don't want to bust nobody out. That's not my goal here today. I want us all to look up here at me for just a minute. And here's what I want to do. I want us to get, I want us to get next to somebody and put our hand up on their shoulder. Just put your hand up on somebody's shoulder. And I want us to pray. We're going to pray corporately together for one another because th 
that would be silly for us to say, well, come on to this altar we can pray for you. I mean, if that's what you want to do when the prayer team gives you that opportunity, I want you to feel safe to do that because people come for prayer for all sorts of things. That's not why they're coming today, FYI. They'll come for all kinds of things, healing, hope, salvation. They'll be in need of Jesus, all that kind of thing. But but today, I, I really want you to lead this place victorious and free to know that you to know that shame is not your name. You say, Pastor, I just, I don't know. I want to tell you again. The only way for you to heal from shame this morning is to move the focus from what I am not to who Christ is. What does that mean? You are not a porn addict. Stop letting that identify you. You are not a sex addict. Stop. See, you are because you believe that lie. Well, I just can't say no. Yes, you can. Are you calling God a liar? Are you calling God a liar? Huh? Does he give us victory? Does he give us power? That he gives you the authority too. So today we're going to rise up in our authority. And we're going to break that off our neighbor. Are you ready? You want to come pray? Did you want to come pray? Oh. I thought you said you want to come pray. Okay. Y'all ready to pray? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need to hear your voices. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our neighbor on our left and our neighbor on our right. We break the backbone and the assignment of shame this morning. We pray for freedom. We pray for deliverance. We pray for hope. You spirit of shame, break off God's people. You spirit of addiction, break off God's people. You spirit of bondage, break off God's people. You foul demon from hell, you break off of God's people. You do not identify them. You do not give them a label. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Right now, do it, 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 Jesus. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, shame is not your name. Come on, tell them. I, well, I'm going to have some faith in the room. Tell them, say, shame is not your name. Look at somebody else and tell them, hey, neighbor, you in a safe place to know today. Shame is not your name. All right, now turn around, look at the person behind you and tell them, say, hey, neighbor. Shame is not your name. Shame. Come on, tell three people. Shame is not your name. Ben, shame is not your name. Durant, shame is not your name. Shame is not your name. Shame is not your name. I can't get no help in here today. Shame is not your name. No, no, no. Shame is not your name. Look at your neighbor and say, shame is not your name. Somebody else say it. Say shame is not. No, shame is not your name. Look at somebody say shame is not your name. Say shame off you. What? Come on, tell somebody shame off you. Shame off you. Shame off you. Shame off you. Tell somebody, come on, shame off you. Shame off you. Isn't the enemy good putting shame on you? Don't ever tell your kids shame on you. Shame off you. Whom the sun sets free. What? Whom the sun sets free. Whom the sun sets free. Shame off you. What? Whom the sun sets free. Is free indeed. Shame off you. A shame off you. I said, now whom the sun sets free is free indeed today. Shame off you. 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 Oh, just kidding. Shame off you. Shame off you. 
Pastor, what am I going to do when I mess up again? Well, stop living in that fear. Okay? Stop that. The next time we get together, I'm going to give you about six principles that's going to allow you to walk in freedom. Y'all want a little taste? Okay, I'll give you a little taste. The first principle is stop fighting what you are to be fleeing. I'm going to take a drink of water. Some of y'all been fighting porn. You need to flee it. Pastor, I'd love to have sex with my girlfriend. Yeah, I know God gave you the desire for intimacy, but you need to stop fighting it and stop being in a car with her at 3 in the morning and flee it. Shame off you. Shame off you. Shame off you. How many appreciate my studly brother? Give him a round of applause. Thank you for helping me today, Deron. I love you. I love you. Carry them labels with you, but keep taking the shame off you. Come, Somebody help me need to take them shame labels off of him. Come on. Can I get some young men to take them shame labels off you? You did a good job, Mother Car, by the way. Amen. Amen. Let's have one more moment of prayer. Lord, please help the Chiefs win today. Lord, let them win today, Jesus. Let them shoot the eagles out the sky, Lord. Shame off you. No, for real, let's pray real quick. Let's pray real quick. Sweetheart, come up here with me. <laughs> Father, we thank you today. We thank you today for your love, for your celebration. And for your joy in this room. God, thank you that you hated shame so much. You gave us Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room and you don't know Christ as Lord, will you just lift your hand and wave at me? If you want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you want to be saved from an eternal hell and walk into an eternal heaven, will you just, I see that hand back there. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Felt like the Lord told me to stop this service just for a minute to see. Let's all say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, we come before you with sin in our life. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus for freedom from it. We ask you right now for deliverance. We believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sin and to hate my shame so i pray today you would be master and lord convict me of my sin so i can confess it to you in jesus mighty name now lord take this word that you gave me to give to your people and help us to defeat that old nasty devil help us to walk in victory this week as we soar and rise in the year of elevation, high enough to swat them eagles out the air. In Jesus' name we pray. <laughs>